Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by Todd Graffinini and John DeShazer because we have a lot to talk about today. The day started out with the announcement of a contract extension for defensive end Cameron Jordan. 13 years later, what is this, three, fourth contract, technically? Really, really like the third earned, you know? Like everybody's granted that, that, that contract on the first one, but third earned contract situation. Fourth overall, 13 years in, um, looking to play two year 15, spoken into existence at like year eight or nine. Um, and for honestly to, to have the family behind me, to have everybody that I've had, you know, um, I've been truly honored and blessed to enter a market as New Orleans, to enter, you know, everything that you think that you want as a football player, um, coming up as a, as a man, coming up as uh, a kid with dreams of playing in the NFL, uh, to sit here and be embraced by the city of New Orleans to sit here and um, be able to start so many different initiatives, uh, sitting here with, with you know the God is Love Foundation and everything that I've been able to do in this city, um, being empowered not only by the Saints, um, by the Saints staff, you talk about Alicia Sher uh, Bashard Sheridan, um, you talk about the phenomenal media guys that we have, our equipment guys, um, our trainers, you know, back when Bo Lowry was was in within the building. Now he's an enemy over at uh, over in Denver with with Sean Vader. I'm mean, Darth Vader. I mean Sean Payton. Um, you know, you talk about um, just the phenomenal staff from day one. Uh, you talk about, you know, Bum. What what is what is Bum's real name? John Bumgarter <laughs> throws you off. Um, just everybody in this building. Um, it has been such a phenomenal and amazing experience that I couldn't see myself being anything but black and gold. And then we got to talk to running back Alvin Kamara for the first time at length since the Las Vegas incident during the Pro Bowl. Obviously, I haven't talked in a while. It's been a couple months, 18, 19 months that I've been dealing with this ordeal, obviously. Um, it's a tough ordeal to be in. Um, you know, I never want to be involved in something where someone gets hurt or severely injured or anything. Um, poor judgment on my end, uh, definitely a, a bad decision, but I'm a man, everything I've ever done in my life, I stood on and, and I, I, I could take accountability for it and I could say when I'm wrong. And I was completely wrong, embarrassed the Saints, embarrassed uh, my family and my mother, um, embarrassed myself, um, embarrassed the city and the Shield, obviously embarrassed the NFL. So, you know, I just tried to do my best to kind of <clears throat> keep it as much away from the media and as much away from the team um, as I could, you know, obviously it's, it's hard to do that when, you know, you got such an um, uh, incident like that. So, um, you know, I, I'll be lying if I said it wasn't tough. I've lost a lot uh, throughout this ordeal. Definitely not looking for any pity, not looking for somebody to give me a pat on the back and say it's okay. Um, I, know what I, I know what I did. I know what I was involved in. And um, I definitely take responsibility. And, you know, that's, that's part of being a man and growing. You know, from here, I just got to make the right decisions and, and make the right choices. So. This afternoon, the league announced that Kamara will miss three games to start the 2023 season. He is able to participate in practice and preseason games and then will have to leave the team for three weeks and will be able to return on September 25th. Todd, it's a lot to take in, but let's start with Cameron Jordan. The fact that he's not only now signing this 
extension, which means he'll be here through the 2025 season. But he's going to get to do it with all one team. His entire career is going to be one place. How unique is that? It's pretty rare, uh, and I know JD would agree. It just it doesn't happen in today's day and age, really, in any sport uh, to spend your entire career with one team. But that's what it appears to be with uh, Cam, and it's it's just great news all the way around to be in this building and get a chance to see him every day. He is such a genuine guy, and you know what he does in the community, not only what he does on the football field, but just as a complete human being. And for him to represent the the organization and the city uh, now for the rest of his career, it's it's just awesome. And I know everybody, uh, J.D., who's who's a fan of the black and gold, has to be ecstatic today. Yeah, I mean, it only happens if you're productive. I mean, he's it, it's fantastic. He's been great, uh, been a great ambassador for the, the team, the franchise. He's been great in the city. Uh, he visits schools every Tuesday that they're off during the regular season. So, you know, he's a name that's synonymous with the New Orleans Saints. But they only want to keep you around if you're productive. And he's been very, very productive. Uh, and uh, I know he wanted to spend his entire career with one team because that's what his dad did, Steve. And I think he worships Steve to a degree. And, and who wouldn't? I mean, Steve, 13 years with the Vikings, six Pro Bowls. And I know Cam wanted to beat him in Pro Bowls. And he wanted to stay in the same city like his dad did. And, and hopefully this uh, – not hopefully, this will do that for Cam. Well, J- J.D., again, productive, consistent, and what's your, what's your favorite line? Hey, the best ability is availability. Uh, and he's been 191 of 192 games he started. He only missed two games, one of them because of COVID, the other one because of an eye injury, and he would have played if they had let him, but they just wouldn't let him. So, you know, he's a guy who, when it's time to suit up on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, whatever day it is, he's going to be there. How impressive has his career been thus far? He mentioned it in his press conference. It wasn't the highest draft pick, but he was – but this is the production that he's been able to have. Well, he's been, he was drafted to be a, a run stopper. His first year he had one sack. In the 11 years since, he's had at least seven and a half sacks for those – six of those years, I'm, excuse me, six of those years with double-digit double, double digit sacks. So he has been – but not just that, and I think Dennis Allen said it also, uh, he's been a guy who doesn't have to come off the field. He plays the run equally well as he plays the pass. Uh, he bats balls. He he makes tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He's been everything that you could want in a complete defensive end. He doesn't even like the term edge rusher because it doesn't describe a complete defensive end, and it doesn't describe Cam Jordan in the least. He's a guy who, you know, you can put him out there first through fourth downs every game, and he's able to do what you need him to do. He's not a specialist from that standpoint. So, you know, it's, it's really been a great pick for the Saints, you know, back in 2011. Yeah, personally, you know, my guy, my favorite all-time Saint is Ricky Jackson, and Cam passed that uh, sacks record by Ricky a year ago. And if anybody was to do it, at least it's Cam Jordan, who's been a lifetime Saint. And as another uh, personal terror of former Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan, who was very, very happy that he went to Indy because he didn't have to face Cam Jordan anymore because Cam has terrorized the Falcons and will tell you as much uh, during each and every press conference that he does. I think he remembers every single quarterback that he's taken down, and he has definitely put Matt Ryan on his butt quite a few (laughs) times. Head coach Dennis Allen called Cam Jordan the most well-rounded defensive end in the league right now. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, easily. Um, nobody else. Some guys play the pass and, and rush the passer, and they rack up sacks. And, you know, you think of T.J. Watts and those kind of guys who get the big payday for racking up sacks. Some guys 
are run stuffers, and mostly those guys are in the middle uh, playing defensive tackle, um, Vita Vea and those kinds of guys. But Cam is a complete defensive end. He never has to leave the field, and not just because of passing situations or not because of running downs. You can put him out there every down. Um, he probably doesn't have quite the the motor that he used to have when he was younger, uh, but still he is willing to go out and play You know, 70 snaps a game, 80 snaps if necessary. Whatever it is that's necessary to play, he'll play it and he'll be 100 miles an hour the entire time. I mean, I don't know how to add to that. I was basically going to say the thing that really impresses you is he never has to leave the field, and he doesn't. I mean, when you watch every play from scrimmage in a Saints game, defensively, you're going to see number 94 during the play. And, and that, again, when you know he's going to be there, uh, it's just something you can really count on. This is an extension that we've kind of been waiting on, hoping that he was going to stick around here. Are you surprised that it happened now or, or that it happened at all? No, I, I don't think I'm surprised. Maybe the timing of it, uh, it's it's pretty early in training camp before any preseason game. So I guess, you know, Mickey Loomis, they just they wanted to get it out of the way. And it was going to happen eventually, right, J.D.? And I guess to get it done as early in camp, and now that's behind them, and they can just focus on the football aspect of it. Well, Mickey gave the tell. Mickey said, we want Cam Jordan to be in the ring of honor. We want him to be a New Orleans Saint for the entirety of his career. And when the GM says that, then it's it's going to get done. Unless Cam had, you know, requested something ridiculous salary-wise, it was going to be done. And for Cam, I, I don't know if he gave a quote-unquote hometown discount, but he wants to be here. He is determined to never leave New Orleans as a player. And so he was going to do what it took to make it happen. Is he going to go down as the best defensive lineman in Saints history? Oh, that's – yeah. Lineman, yes. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Best defensive player is Ricky um, because Ricky, I think well, – I want to say Ricky recovered like 70-some fumbles or something ridiculous. I think he had – I think he has the fumble record to maybe yeah, – if he doesn't have it, he, somebody passed him yeah, up. Yeah, he but, led the NFL in fumble recoveries like yes. three, four, five times. Uh, so he is the best defender in Saints history. But Cam Jordan is the best defensive lineman by far. It, it ain't even close. How have you seen him become a leader on this team? It says he's kind of been the older guy in, in the room for a while now, and it's a role he's always been a part of. But now you have a couple defensive linemen that they did draft in this draft. Well, it's just, you know, he's he's been leading by example for many, many years, and he is a vocal guy as well. But like we talked about at the beginning, he's he's a guy that, that practices what he preaches. I mean, he's he's out in the community, as J.D. mentioned. I mean, everything you want someone that is this closely involved in your organization, everything you could possibly hope for as just every type of positive you can come up with, he does. I know, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he the stuff he does – you can you can mimic in terms of effort because when you see a guy practicing that hard, playing that hard, that's the greatest example you can have. Now, the stuff he does as a pass rusher, some of that stuff you can't teach. It's just natural. Uh, and you'll see him, you know, kind of mentoring the younger defensive linemen, but some of that stuff, you know, that's just Cam. So I think it was, uh, I think it was Colin Saunders who said Cam is one of one. You know, you compare him to him because there is nobody else like him. And so from that standpoint, you know, there won't be guys who, you know, man, that, that rush move reminded me of Cam. That's just kind of Cam doing what he does. But in terms of, you know, 
replicating what he does in the community and the effort anybody can can put forth the effort and you have to when you see him practicing that way you can't be the one who says you know what I won't run an extra gasser when 94 is out there after 12 seasons running extra gassers. And the guy loves to practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a vet day today, and he really didn't want to take it. He has not taken one uh, during this camp. Now, I know last year they gave him a couple days, but he does not mm-hmm. want to take days off because he loves to be out there with his teammates and practicing, and that's, uh, that's not something that's been uttered a whole lot uh, in the last few years. Cam does not like to reflect on his career, talk about any accolades, because he says he's still got time. He's still playing. He still has more, more to achieve. But because we're in this moment and we can talk about it, we're going to. What has been something that Cam did that's been your favorite? Well, I think um, – I can't remember if it was the Thanksgiving night game. I know it was a Thursday night game. He sacked Matt Ryan four times in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which basically – and the last sack won the game – because Atlanta had an opportunity to win that game. And the last sack basically gave the Saints possession because it was a fourth down sack and the game was over. And also one year, and I can't remember, it was his first all-pro year. can't remember the exact year. But he had like 10 batted passes and 10-plus sacks. You know, he had like a 10-10-10 year, 10 sacks, uh, 10 forced fumbles, um, 10 um, PBUs, you know, it was one of those crazy statistical years where it was like, you know what, not a lot of people do this kind of thing. And, you know, you had to, when you put up the names of people who had done it, it was people who were perennial all pros and that kind of stuff. It was it was one of those years. And I think that was the year he got his touchdown, too. I, I, J.D., I literally <laughs> was, the, when you were talking, correct me if I'm wrong, but in 2017, when the Saints defense really started to step their games up, wasn't it game against Detroit where he batted yes, the ball up Detroit. in the air yep. and caught it in the end zone for his first touchdown? Yep. That, I, that, that to me is it right there. Yeah. Thank you for jogging the memory because I was, <laughs> I was drawing a blank. But, yes, when he got his first touchdown. And that was really the point where, you know, where the Saints defense had pretty much been crapped on for the last couple of seasons. And in that 2017 season, you could see them starting to turn the direction that we now still see that pattern. But that really was the game when he was batting balls down and then, of course, batted one to himself for a touchdown that – you really thought, hey, the Saints defense is really turning the corner in a positive direction. Really happy for Cam getting his extension done. It was awesome to hear from him, see his family here in attendance Friday morning. And then later on in the day, we had an opportunity to talk to running back Alvin Kamara for the first time in, in a while. I, I think I respected him standing up there and owning everything that's happened, taking responsibility talking about how he's going to change moving forward, but he really seemed affected by the situation. I mean, it's been going on for, he said, almost 20 months. Yeah, no, we we thought he was going to be suspended a year ago, and it never happened. So this has been going on for a very long time. And, you know, we talked about it on our, on our TV show, and I just think you could see, you know, physically the way when he was out at practice today that you could tell that, and he mentioned it after, that a weight had been lifted from him just going up to talk to the commissioner. He knows it is behind him now. And with what we have found out just a little while ago, it definitely is behind him. And you know, you know how many games he's going to be out. Now you can, you can really move forward from it. Yeah, I think the league wanted to wait and make sure the case was adjudicated, which, you know, it, it has been. And then uh, Alvin goes and talks to the commissioner. Now, the contrition, it w- and it was genuine, I believe. 
But I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of wiggle room there. I mean, the, the you know, as they say, the eye in the sky don't lie. Right. The film doesn't lie. And I mean, it happened. And so, you know, the fact that he said, look, yeah, it happened. But, you know, one, I, I was somewhere I shouldn't have been at a time I shouldn't have been there. You know, I regretted having I embarrassed everybody. And I'm going to be a man about this. I, you know, I'm sorry. I, it, I shouldn't have done it. You know, and I apologize for it. And I think that went a long way with the commissioner. How long? I don't know. Um, because I personally I cannot lie. I, I was thinking the suspension was going to be longer. I thought it was because it looked like eh, this this just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. But whatever it was, the conversation between he and Commissioner Roger Goodell maybe had some influence. Um, maybe whomever the security people are in Las Vegas who had a background on that because the league investigates everything. Uh, maybe the investigation turned up something that we didn't know besides the fight. And that would be the key because it looked pretty it looked fairly vicious. And so to get three games uh, is huge for him and the team yep. mm-hmm. because now you know. Now you can now you can really plan. That's why you brought in Jamal Williams. That's why you drafted Kendra Miller. Uh, you might have to get another guy or maybe it's Eno Benjamin or something because you're going to be without him for three games and you know the things that Alvin can do cannot be replicated on the field. He's, yeah. he's that special a player. So you need three parts, four parts maybe, to kind of fill in what he does. Um, but now you know at least you can make your plans. Okay, we won't have him for these three games, so we're going to feature you doing this and you doing that and you doing this. And now, you know, you guys are going to have to learn blitz pickup because Alvin does it pretty well. Uh, and when you run this wheel route, you know, this is the way Alvin does it. And, you're gonna, you know, he's going to have to do a little bit more teaching probably during training camp so he can kind of impart as much wisdom as he can before he goes into his suspension. But for the, for the team, the franchise, for the city, Alvin, everybody involved, it's good to have it done and you know exactly what you're dealing with. Yeah, I think it would have been pie in the sky to think if he wasn't going to be suspended at all. I think that he believed he was going to be. And if you're a Saints fan, I think you got to be a little relieved that it's only three games because it could have been worse. It really could have been. So I think it's a fair decision. And look, he's going to miss the first three games. We'll be back, as you mentioned, at the top of the show, Aaron. First game uh, against Tampa in the Superdome, October 1st. So all in all, I think everyone's breathing a pretty big sigh of relief yeah I mean I was going to ask next now how good is it for the team to know that it's three games they can start their plan and they can figure it out but what we've seen Kendra Miller in training camp he stood out over the last couple days uh Jamal Williams obviously somebody that was brought in that's been RB1 at, at his last stop do you think things are going to change much as far as the way that they do run that offense I uh, we don't know yet because you know, even though Kendra and, and Jamal are here in, in training camp, we haven't seen them be the receiver Alvin is. Mm-hmm. They say they can, and everybody says it until it's time to do it, but we haven't seen them in, a, in, a, in an NFL game one-on-one with a linebacker where they shake the guy out of his shoes and they make a reception and they do something with it. We've seen that from Alvin, you know, on several occasions, but we haven't seen it from either one of them. I think Kendra had 29 catches in three years at TCU. Mm-hmm. They didn't use him at all, basically, in the passing game. And Jamal, we didn't see him use much in Detroit in the passing game. Now he ran for 17 touchdowns, so you didn't have to. But And 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 really, I, I guess you can look at it from the standpoint of the Saints don't have to rely on him that way because if all these guys are healthy, where's a piece of wood that I can knock on? Right in front um, of you. <laughs> you won't have to use them 
as as receivers so much. If Michael Thomas is, right. is healthy, mm-hmm. and if Chris Olave is on the field, and we see Taysom Hill involved a little bit more in the passing game, and you've got Jawan Johnson, and you've got you know Rashid Shaheed, well, there are plentiful targets. Jimmy Graham, another one. There are plentiful targets. You don't have to use so much the guy out of the backfield. It'd be nice. It's a good luxury, but it won't be necessary for those guys to have to be Alvin Kamara as a route runner and a receiver. Now, I thought it was interesting too, uh, Aaron and JD, that that Alvin talked about him being a rookie and when he came in and Adrian Peterson was here and he was learning from him and now he's the older guy. He's the mentor and he's trying to mentor uh, Kendra Miller and you talked about it. Uh, you know, he hadn't Miller didn't have to do a whole lot as far as receiving at TCU, but he when he addressed the media a couple days ago, he said, I am practicing my route running and I want to be a receiver. So, you know, and he's comparing what he needs to do to Alvin Kamara, which, again, I thought Kamara was yeah. a little uh, kind of thought that was funny a little bit. Mm-hmm. today. And it's kind of a, a it's kind of a cam situation. Alvin does Alvin things you that you can't teach. Right. I mean, so, you know, he's instinctive and he's on a good accord with the quarterback, but he's really instinctive. And so he understands, okay, if the guy's playing me outside leverage, I'm going to go inside. If he's playing me inside leverage, I'm going to go outside. He understands those things just by sight, you know, from the snap. And that's something that I don't know that Jamal and Kendra have right now. It's something they can grow into, obviously. And if they have it, it's a great luxury. But, again, if the Saints are healthy on offense – they won't necessarily need them to be a Camaro role. They can just have them run the ball because it, it looks like Taysom Hill's going to be a factor in the mm-hmm. passing game. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to be a factor. I mean, he's getting downfield and he's, you know, he looks pretty. Na- well, what does he do that doesn't look natural? But he looks pretty natural. And Jawan, we, you know, we know he busted out last year. And if you can get to the red zone, then you got Jimmy Graham who looks refreshed and healthy. So all you got to do is throw it high and let Jimmy go get it. And then, you know, of course, Michael Thomas is the guy who everybody says, oh, the, you know, the slant king. Well, you know what? Stop it. OK, if you don't like it, stop it. And I hadn't <laughs> seen anybody stop it yet. So that's one of those things where you know, they might not need those guys to be an Alvin. Do we think that the offense, I mean, it's going to be better. I hope it's going to be better than what it was last season, considering all of the weapons that they have. Do you think it's going to be different in the first three games than what we're going to see? as far as the types of plays that they're running because of the, you know, Alvin not being out there and then Alvin being added back in? I think you have to modify some because he knows the offense like the back of his hand. And there are certain things you can do with him that maybe you won't be able to do with with Jamal Williams and and Kendra Miller. I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, Alvin, he's been in this offense since 2017. So he's got a lot of institutional knowledge that he just understands. Uh, so it, it it could look a little bit different now. Do I think the offense is going to be better, whether he's there or not? Absolutely, because you've got a quarterback, and it all starts with mm-hmm. the quarterback in the NFL. And the Saints went through, what, five the last two seasons? That kind of inconsistency at that position is a death knell. You can't win playing five – you might not be able to win playing five quarterbacks in a college season, but you do that in the NFL, and that is a recipe – to not win because you can't get consistency. And so having a quarterback who you know is going to be there, knock, and, knock, knock, and, knock, who knock. you know is going to be there, who's been productive, yeah. um, that that makes a, a heck of a difference. That'll, that'll make this offense so much more consistent and so much better, I think, knowing that you've got a guy there who, who does it. Do the opponents that the Saints are going to face help the situation 
the first three games. I mean, you got to play. You got to play. I mean, it's your schedule. I mean, just, you know. Yeah, but you're I opening mean, up with I, the I, Titans, I, the Panthers, the Packers. I mean, no, I mean, it's 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 NFL Sunday. It's just you got to play. You got to play. It don't matter who your opponent is, and you got to. You just got to do what you do. I mean, you know, the Carolina game is going to be a little bit more interesting because it's your first division game, and that's a little bit more important. Tennessee's the it's home a Monday opener. Monday night game too. It is a Monday yeah. night game. Tennessee's the home opener, but it's not. A, it's not a conference game. I mean, it's not. It's not going to do you in if you don't take that. The, the Carolina game is much more important to me than than Tennessee and Green Bay. Of course, is a conference opponent too. I just, I, I don't think the schedule matters right now. You just, you just got to go out there and win. No, I mean the schedule's all. God, I hate looking at the schedule and trying to project Can't wins do it. because you know you're trying to project a win in November and you don't know who's going to be playing right. quarterback yeah, for right. you, much less the other team, and, and how they will have come together. Uh, you would love to believe that getting Carolina early is best because Bryce Young's a rookie and you don't know what they're going to be on offense. But Carolina's got a pretty good defense. Exactly. Uh, Bryce Young was a cool, cool customer in college. Does he bring that to the NFL? And do they have somebody he can throw the ball to? Because he looks like one of those guys, if you can't get him on the ground, you don't rattle him. He doesn't, he doesn't, he didn't get rattled at Bama. Now, maybe he will in the NFL, but he didn't get rattled at Bama. So if you can't get him on the ground, he's going to be a, an issue to deal with because he's got a lot of poise. And so, you know, you look at it and say, well, you know, they ought to be able to win those three without Alvin, but – you know, well, Derrick Henry might run for 280. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. So, I, I, I yeah, I, I, yeah, this is big boy ball. You don't just look at this one, you know, they, they know, they know, yeah, forgive me. There are no Vanderbilts here. Oh, my. <laughs> there oh. are no Vanderbilts. So, you know, you got you to gotta play them. Do we get a Apologies see? to all the Vanderbilt yeah, apologies, grads you know, out apologies. there. Hey, I love y'all's uniforms. Are we going to get to see Alvin in a preseason game? Mm. Intriguing question. See, I don't think so because of the joint practices. Mm, Good point. And okay. that's where NFL players get their real work in yeah. the joint practices. So I don't think we will in the preseason games because, frankly, he doesn't need it. Uh, and two, he, he'll get hit the majority of his good work in the joint practices. Yeah, and he's going to stay in shape. I mean, obviously, missing three games, it's significant, but. In the grand scheme of things, it's really not, and he knows what he's doing yeah. as far as what his body uh, can do, and he'll do what he needs to do to stay in shape while he's away. Yeah, now, if not for the joint practices, I think he would play in a game, maybe maybe a quarter, maybe maybe a half, you know, something like that, but because they get such really good work in the mm -hmm. joint practices, there, there wouldn't be a need, in my mind, to play him in the preseason game. Yeah. Well, it's good that we will see him in those joint practices and he will get some good reps there and that he can continue to work out with the team through the rest of training camp for sure. Big Friday, but we'll be back Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Pads come back on, so we'll have a lot more content coming out from practices on NewOrleansSaints.com, and then we'll be back with another podcast on Monday. Thank you guys both for joining me. Thank you. Appreciate everybody listening, and have a great weekend. Go Saints. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.